Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside, once again, multiple times this week, the host of the Bucks Radio Network, the host of the recently relaunched Courtside Live uh, Bucks pregame show as well. It's Justin Garcia. What's going on, man? And how has the first week of the show gone down? Uh, the first week of the show, so far, so good. We're a couple of uh, episodes in. And it's an adjustment for me being uh, on camera and not having the crutches of radio where I didn't have to worry about my hair or what I looked like. And you could just hold your computer up and sound like a genius, but nobody knows you're actually looking up the information while you say it. So that's been the biggest adjustment, but uh, so far, so good. Yeah, I recently, this is going back a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted out a photo of Frank and myself uh, doing a podcast. I think this might have been actually when the Bucks traded for Drew Holiday and everyone was excited for the, the emergency podcast, the Drew Holiday pod that we did. And when I tweeted the photo, a bunch of people were like, wait, you and Frank aren't on video? And I was like, well, I, I'm not on video if I don't have to be. I mean, we're sitting here, we're talking, we talk every day anyway. It doesn't really matter. I don't need him to see me. That's the beauty of doing these uh, Zoom calls, audio only. You can you can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about that. You're flicking through the computer most of the time, looking at stats anyway. So, uh, I I must admit, I, I will reveal. I guess I can say we we just did a, a little segment for Courtside Live, and the video it's it's different. You have to be looking at the camera. It's just a completely different situation. Yeah, that was uh, that was really the biggest adjustment. I know I just said there was other adjustments, but that was the biggest one. Was now having to worry about where do I need to look? And they have a, uh, a, a TV monitor in front of me that, you know, when, when it's me and Melanie or it's me in the interview or me talking about players on the court, they actually put it on the monitor so I can see it. But then you find yourself looking at that and the cameraman will just snap like, hey, you're supposed to be looking here. How does this guy not understand that? So I, I feel like I've started to kind of master that, but it's still probably going to be a work in progress. Well, uh, we mentioned it the other day when you kind of announced that uh, the show was coming back, but make sure you check it out. The Bucks with a couple more home games here, Utah tonight, as everyone is listening to this podcast, and then uh, the Cavs in a couple of days as well. Uh, of course, everyone is just uh, waiting to see whether Delhi gets out on the court for that one, but make sure you check and it out. And Thon. And Thon Makeup, by the way, who has been playing. Uh, so uh, it could be a Thon revenge game there. We look forward to that. Uh, but as far as today's show and what we wanted to talk about. We've got a bunch of things we're going to roll through here. I thought a fun place to start was on Drew Holiday. Um, We'll get to the Jazz, particularly Giannis' domination of the Jazz in recent times. I want to discuss that a little later on. But Drew Holiday, I wanted to talk about. I did get a DM towards the end of yesterday's game. This came from Callum, uh, Callum B on Twitter. 
he says, hey, Kane, I'm a listener from the UK, which first of all, shout out to you. I always, it always is kind of strange to me. Even though I'm in Australia, sometimes in my head, I forget that I'm in Australia and I think I'm in Milwaukee and I'm, and I'm a local doing this show, but we do have listeners all over the world. He said, I was wondering, what do you think of the possibility that Drew Holiday makes uh, the All-Star team this year? Uh, hope you had a, a great holiday period and happy new year. Same to you, Callum. Uh, Justin, I'll throw it to you first. Drew Holiday and All-Star. Um, yeah, I, I had, you know, honestly, I, I, I never thought of that. And I think the difficulty he's going to run into is it's the same that we talked about with Eric Bledsoe when, you know, uh, when we felt Eric Bledsoe was really deserving, uh, but didn't make it. It's just because of the backcourt, you know, in the Eastern conference and, uh, Kyrie Irving is playing, we think this full season. So that's going to change things. But I think the difficulty he's going to run into is just, the numbers game in the backcourt in the East. And right now he's at what? I think 15 or so points a game that he's averaging. Um, you know, I, I know his peers and players around the league, as we've talked about, all know how valuable and good he is, but those numbers aren't going to get you in an all-star game. So if, if all of a sudden he starts averaging 20 points a game, then, and, and the Bucks offense is the top rated offense. And all of a sudden, instead of, you know, uh, two and three or, or three and three and four and three, they're doing what they did right around this time last year and peeling off an 18 game win streak. Then that changes things. But I, I would still say I would lean towards no, that just because of the numbers game, it's probably highly unlikely for Drew Holiday this season. Yeah, I'm the same. And this has changed for me going into the season. We did a season preview uh, for the whole network here at Lockdown. And one of my season predictions was that Drew Holiday was going to make an all-star team. I thought that he was going to come in and an average, you know, close to around the 20 points per game that he has had. But I think the one thing that we've learned uh, to open up this season is that uh, the Bucks' starting lineup is stacked. And I want to get to some numbers a, a little bit later on here. But Drew Holiday really is putting up Eric Bledsoe type numbers. So then you have to ask yourself, well, are the Bucks going to do enough to have three All-Stars? And to me, the answer is no, because if you look at last year, by the time the, or when the All-Star voting was uh, being done, and not only by the fans, but the reserves, which is what Drew Holiday would probably fit into a reserve, uh, the Bucks were on 70 win pace. I mean, they were legitimately going to be the third team in the history of the league to win 70 games, and they still couldn't get that third All-Star and I can't see Drew Holiday. The other avenue for him being an all-star would be if he was to replace Chris Middleton. I just don't see that happening. The way yeah. Chris Middleton is playing, 21.1 points, six rebounds, six assists on 53-54-95 shooting splits. Now, again, we keep saying this with the shooting. I'm not expecting that Chris Middleton is going to shoot 54% from three for the entire season. But what Middleton is doing right now is showing us that he is continuing to improve. I think Middleton, the way that things are going, is is going to be an all-star. The Bucs will be good enough to have two. I just think it's going to be Giannis and Chris again. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, especially just looking now, thinking off the top of my head of guys and, and now looking through the standings too, and you think about what Atlanta's doing and a guy like Trey Young is going to yeah. get that attention. Kyrie, we already mentioned his name, and you know he's always going to be at the top of mind, Jalen Brown. I know he's not a point guard, but Jalen Brown is going to be in the backcourt discussion and potentially even Malcolm Brogdon. So th there's just a lot of guys that Drew is going to have to compete with. And the All-Star is about numbers. And 15 points a game isn't going to get you into the All-Star game. 
Bradley Beal, by the way, we have to yeah. mention Beal, who uh, a ton. Yeah, I flicked it at halftime of the Bucks game yesterday uh, against the Pistons to see Bradley Beal uh, try and get 60 points there. This guy is an absolute machine. I know he is uh, well-liked uh, among Bucks fans. I'll say that. I see his name pop up a lot on Twitter. But Beal missed out last year, despite the fact that he averaged 30 points per game. So Beal's in there as well. Uh, I doubt Westbrook's going to be an all-star this year, but he puts up big numbers as well. So yeah, the, the guard position is pretty stacked, as you already pointed to. But again, you know, all-star nods at this point in time for this Bucks team, like the MVP that I've spoken about before as well. I'm beyond that. The individual awards are really cool. It's been really fun to see Chris Milton become an all-star. And, and the thought that he could become a three-time all-star this year is quite remarkable when you think where he was a few years ago as a, a really an underrated player around the yeah. league. Now he's absolutely getting his credits. And uh, we said this right from the start. Once you get that first all-star, that's the most difficult one to get. Then you get that recognition as an all-star player. And because the Bucs uh, projected or expected to be such a strong team, uh, I, I would think that Middleton is going to be an all-star. Again, I want to move on to, and, and this is kind of the same topic, but some of the numbers from the starting unit that to me, I, I think are just interesting. And we'll, we'll have a discussion about that before I do. I want to talk about betonline.ag. Uh, I keep mentioning it, but I know we have a lot of NFL fans that listen to the podcast and with the playoffs uh, starting this weekend, uh, I know that I'll be watching. Uh, fortunately, uh, if you are a Packers fan, you're in a position where you don't have to have any stress, but maybe you've still got an interest in the Lions and maybe uh, splashing a few dollars here or there on the NFL playoffs. And if you do, there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget the promo code locked on and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Twenty twenty is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I wanted to continue the conversation, not only about Drew Holiday, but the starters in general. And I wanted to go back to a quote uh, that Bud gave post-game against Detroit. Uh, Justin, because we mentioned this on the show yesterday. If you missed yesterday's post-game podcast, you can go back and check that out. But a couple of plays that stood out to me down the stretch when the game was, uh, I wouldn't say in danger, but the Pistons were just being annoying and hanging around and not letting the Bucks starters get off the court. Drew Holiday, first of all, drew uh, drove to the basket, dropped off uh, past the Bobby Portis. He scored on the next possession. He was in isolation. Nice little bank shot off the glass. And Bud said post-game about uh, Drew Holiday, his ability to create shots for himself, shots for his teammates, the poise. There's a calmness that he brings to our team, that he brings to the game. We really feel there is a lot of potential with him. I have certainly got the sense when Drew Holiday has had the opportunity to work in isolation, to work in the half court, even in pick and roll situations with Giannis, sometimes with Chris, uh, you've seen that the Bucs have upgraded significantly in the half court. But when I tweeted that quote out, some Bucks fans were like, yeah, well, Bud's not really using him properly. Why is he not getting him the ball enough? Uh, Drew Holiday's been underutilized. I'm not so worried about that because we're literally eight games into the season and everyone 
is uh, just figuring each other out. But how have you seen uh, how Drew Holiday has been used to this point? And do you think, uh, to an extent, he has been underutilized by uh, Bud? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of difficult to gauge because you knew coming in he was going to be uh, third in the pecking order. And, you know, it's what made the the whole Bogdanovich thing especially difficult too, where you look at it and like, okay, well, this guy's going to be fourth in the pecking order. So you knew uh, you shouldn't have really anticipated he's going to score 20 points a night. He has the capability of doing it. You certainly feel like you've upgraded offensively, but you're not going to tailor your offense to Drew Holiday. So I've just, you know, it feels like more often than not, he, uh, and not to say that he's just going through the motions, but we'll notice individual plays that he makes. And I think that's where his skill set really stands out. But, you know, typically you'll glance at the score sheet and you'll think, oh, wow, he, he has only six points so far through the first two quarters. But it's, you know, the plays that he's making on the other end of the floor. But to your point, when he came in against the Pistons, when you know the game was still comfortable for the Bucks, but it wasn't to the point where you, you you pushed it up to thirty and the game was well out of reach. That the Pistons were at least being pesky. As soon as Drew Holiday came in, it was like having the adult in the room, the professional, had said, "Okay, enough of this, and it's over with." So I feel like has he been utilized to his fullest capabilities? No, but. We shouldn't have really anticipated that because this is Giannis's offense and, and Chris is really the number two guy as well, that Drew was always going to be that number three guy. So it wasn't like you were going to tailor the offense to getting Drew Holiday set up and, and getting his offense going early. But I guess I'm just looking forward to specific schedule, uh, games that they have on the schedule and once you get to the postseason where you know Miami, case in point, uh, where you know you're going to need half-court offense. And we've seen Drew Holiday be able to create his own offense, even the Golden State game where it was out of reach, but we at least got to see, okay, this is what it looks like to just say, Drew, go run around and defend Steph Curry. That that's what the Bucs can throw out there. And obviously the Heat series series as well, where we saw him on Tyler Hero and, and how much that really changed things compared to what we saw in that playoff series. So I guess long story short, no, I mean, we haven't really seen what he's capable of, but I don't know that we really should have expected that. And, and again, just like we said with the whole team that all these moves were done with an eye in the playoffs, I, I think the same is with Drew, where we're not really going to see it at its ultimate value in the regular season. It's things and moments are going to stand out in the playoffs once we get there. I think that that's that last point you made is, is a really good one. And I need to call myself out a little bit here because I know after the first a couple of games, certainly that game against Boston, uh, one of the points I made is, geez, I mean, it's nice to have a point guard that's really assertive and always looking to score and looking to be aggressive. But you're right. Uh, we have seen uh, kind of similar to what we had with Bledsoe, where at times yeah. you will, as you pointed to, you'll look and say, geez, he's really not doing anything offensively, not scoring a ball, off ball a little bit, kind of just a guy out there on the floor. I, again, Drew Holiday's always been someone by his own admission that says, I can play off ball. I don't mind playing off ball. But again, I think that we are going to see the true value of Drew Holiday in big matchups. And I don't think that it should be overlooked at this point that almost every single game has been a blowout one way or the other. And the Boston game obviously was close. And we saw what Drew Holiday was capable of when he hit that big three to give the Bucks the lead late in the fourth quarter. I just think... 
in these games where you're playing the Pistons, where you're breaking a record against Miami, when you're blowing out the Warriors, it's not the type of games that you can really take anything away from. And it's kind of funny because we've spoke a lot about the fact that the Bucks haven't been in close games over the years and that's probably hurt them uh, as they've moved towards the postseason. And this season, again, despite it, the fact it's been up and down, certainly through those first five games when the Bucks were two and three, they've all been blowouts again. So the Bucks aren't getting a lot of experience in close games. The other thing to note, I just think that this is the mix of the starting lineup coming together and figuring it all out. So uh, this, uh, I looked these numbers up. This stemmed from a conversation I was having in, in a, another group chat with Dean uh, Maniart and Eric Name, Frank, Mitchell Mara, all those guys. And so it made me just look up these numbers. Uh, just a straight up usage percentage from last year to this year. So Giannis has seen a decrease from 37.5% to 34.1%. Chris has gone down from 26.4 to 24.1. Brooke Lopez has gone down from 18.3 to 14.5. Uh, now, Dante's gone up. That's not going to be a surprise to anyone. 17.3 to 18.3, which is almost basically on par with Drew, which is the interesting thing when you think about the backcourt. Drew Holiday is just at 18.6 usage percentage, which for him is the lowest mark since his rookie season. So it's certainly a different role for him right now. And if you ask yourself, well, how can everyone be going down like that? Well, the easy answer in that regard is Wesley Matthews last year as the fifth starter was barely used. He had a 12% usage percentage last year with the starting group. He was purely out there basically as a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, Now you have five guys that at times can create their own offense and look to have the ball in their hands. So I think that that dynamic is going to change. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. That's your five best players. Those are the five guys you want on the floor towards the end of the game. And again... You have to acknowledge that shooting percentages and outlier nights uh, play a big factor in this uh, when it comes to small sample size, small sample sizes. But as long as this Bucks team is defensively producing similar numbers to where they have been in the past seasons, uh, I think that they've had the offensive upgrade that they're going to be pretty dominant. And through 90 minutes so far, the starters have a defensive rating of 96.5, which is obviously elite, and a net rating of 23.2. So the starters have been dominant. Uh, and I think that, that that's all that really matters. These guys will work each other out. And I didn't necessarily think it was healthy in that game against Boston on opening night that they had to combine for 90 points in a game where the Bucks lost. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't um, – it's a good point. I don't have the usage numbers in front of me, but it's some, I, was, I was talking about it actually on one of my shows the other day and more about just the overall – the raw production and what's stood out most. And, and again, I think we we're all kind of cognizant of this coming into the season is – how the bench has been reshaped and the difference between the version of the bench last year and the year prior to that to what it is this year. We're sure the last two years or a year plus you had George Hill that was your primary scorer and Dante as well. Um, But it was really, as if we look through it, defensive guys and rim protection that you were bringing in, not so much scoring punch off the bench. And that's almost entirely what it, it is basically entirely what it is this season that I would assume part of it too is if you look through the starting five and you mentioned the biggest change being no West, but the usage for the bench is up there too, where you look at the minutes and point production that Bobby Portis is giving you and even Brent Forbes and Jordan Warren, what we've seen from limited minutes where Kyle Korver was their third leading scorer off the bench. And Jordan Wara is already right around what Kyle Korver was giving you. So 
I think that's a big difference in it too, that, you know, the starters are asked to do a little bit less because Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes are coming in here and basically giving you 10 points a night. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, those minute totals for Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis are interesting to monitor. Uh, Bobby Portis right now actually averaging 23.5 minutes per game. Yeah, Brooke Lopez, 23.4. So uh, those guys are basically playing a 50-50 split right now. And that'll be interesting to see how that changes when we get closer to the playoffs because I know... Uh, there obviously are some fears out there from Bucks fans that Bobby Portis is going to be unplayable in the postseason. I'm not ready uh, to really get on board with that thought yet. I need to see him with this defense, but I think it's certainly telling that to this point, it hasn't been disastrous when he's been out on the floor. And the fact that it's only been eight games, I think that's uh, significant. And I think that the more you use him with the other starters, you, the more you're going to be able to handle those minutes. And it would be hard for me to criticize anything that uh, Bobby Portis has done to this point. So long story short, I, I think that all you need to worry about if you're a Bucks fan is, are the Bucks better prepared for a postseason series? I think the defense is, is ultimately with your best players on the floor is going to be on par with where it was last season. I think they've got significantly better in adding Drew Holiday and Dante DiVincenzo over Eric Bledsoe and uh, Wesley Matthews. And what we've seen in that Boston game, while I said that's not ideal over the course of a regular season, uh, in, a, in a playoff series, you've seen that those three have the ability to take over and have monster nights all at the same time. And I think that's all you need to worry about. These guys are going to figure it out. I love the mix that they've got, uh, and they're going to be able to work through that. Uh, I don't have too many doubts about that. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, I think if you look at the roster, you would, you would love to have one more switchable big, but you know, other than two or three teams in the league, what team won it? So uh, that's like the one area that you would point to and say, well, if they could upgrade there, that's where they need it. Otherwise, you know, everything has been as expected when you look at what they've done through eight games. Fridays on the Locked On NBA podcast, you can join Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Maras of Locked On Nuggets. For a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league, Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you can't miss. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Bucks and Jazz, uh, always a fun matchup. They've had some close games over the last couple of years. Uh, I don't have this in front of me, so I'm tipping you're going to know, given you're going to be at the arena. Is this a 7 p.m. tip again? It is a 7 p.m. tip. All right, 7 p.m. Central, there you go. And I think the first thing I think about, well, uh, you could argue that the first thing you might think about when you think Bucks Jazz is Bogdanovich's buzzer beater last season. But for me, uh, the first thing I think about when I think about uh, Milwaukee playing Utah is Giannis completely detonating on uh, Rudy Gobert over and over and over again. Now, I, I looked up these numbers. In 2018, and there's two games uh, they've played against the Jazz in all of these seasons. In 2018, Giannis averaged 32 points and 13 boards. In 2019, he averaged 36.5 points and 12 boards. Last year, he averaged 40 points and 13 boards. So uh, it, it's fair to say Giannis has enjoyed the matchup with Utah over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like there's something how we've all pointed to between Giannis and James Harden. It felt like there was always kind of something there between Giannis and Rudy Gobert as well. And maybe part of it was Rudy being the defensive player of the year. And now that component is removed, but it always felt like there was some added motivation there for Giannis in those matchups against Rudy. And, you know, for whatever reason, 
especially the last two years, you know, these two teams play close games and it's not like they just have one. It's both of the games they play each other against each other. If they don't go down to the wire, it's at least settled in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think Utah are an interesting case so far this season as well. They've had their ups and downs, and I mentioned it uh, on the show yesterday, but uh, most of our listeners probably would have caught up to this. But the Knicks uh, handed it to the Jazz a couple of days ago as well, which, by the way, uh, maybe there's no shame in that. The Knicks are rolling right now. I think they've won five out of six. But uh, again, I don't really know where the Jazz are going to fall at the end of the season. Certainly, Early uh, this year, they've struggled to score. They're actually ranked 20th in the league for points per game at 108.5. We know the Bucs are number one right now as we speak. But Bojan Bogdanovic, a huge loss for them out of the bubble. And I think it was overlooked, the fact that he wasn't there. And obviously, they gave up the 3-1 lead. And that's what everyone focuses on. And it was Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. But Bogdanovic was a significant loss, but he's really struggled to start the season. He's only averaging 11 points on 35% shooting from the field, which is obviously just disastrous. So uh, Utah a little bit scratchy as they head into Fiserv Forum where the Bucs haven't lost a game yet. That was a big loss for him, and I just can't help but you know wonder how much the narrative was shaped off of one shot that now all of a sudden Denver is the young up-and-coming team that's very promising. And, and you know we saw what they did to the Clippers, and they fell short of the finals, but... This is an interesting team to watch moving forward. Well, what if Mike Conley's shot doesn't rim out and it goes in? Yeah. I mean, we're probably having the same conversation about Utah, especially if they get past the Clippers in the second round. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, as, as long as Donovan Mitchell's there, they're going to be relevant. So it's, it's just there's something there between these two teams. And when I was looking through the previous matchups, I totally forgot. I mean, as you said, we all remember last year's game in Utah. But I totally forgot about all of the uh, details with the game that was played in Utah two years ago, where I remember it was another <laughs> close one that the Bucks lost on another West Coast trip. But that was the game, remember, where Ursan, Nico, and Brooke Lopez were all in the starting lineup with Giannis, and Chris Middleton was your point guard. And some of the guys that were on the Bucks roster at the time, Isaiah Kanan, they had just added him on that West Coast trip. Christian Wood was on the team. Tony Snell. So there's some weird games between these teams. Zayak Kanan was such an interesting member of the Bucks for about one week. I don't know whether I've told this I was going to say it was short-lived, yeah. Oh, it was man. right around the Suns game. Well, yeah, I don't remember if I've told this story, but the first game that he actually played for the Bucks was in Chicago, and we knew that the Bucks were probably going to be signing someone or, or bringing someone up or someone was going to play. And I remember... We were in the tunnel at uh, United Center and we did a pregame with Bud and someone, I, someone, I, I don't know, it might have been Matt Velasquez or, or Eric, whoever it was, said, uh, do you have any idea who you're going to bring up? Is it going to be a point guard? And Bud kind of smiled, gave a weird kind of smile and then said, oh, we're not sh- too sure yet. We're just trying to work through it. Little did we know, uh, he was warming up literally about 10 meters away from us and no one had realized that there was a random new member of the Bucks out yeah. there. He ended up coming out and playing that night. So anyway, that's just a random story that, uh, uh, that uh, I thought of just then. But as far as the Jazz particularly defensively, um, I mentioned the nights that Giannis has had, but it's going to be fascinating to see Utah currently the 18th ranked defense uh, in the league. I know I said they're struggling to score, but defensively they've been awful as well. And the thing that really stands out to me when I look at the numbers is uh, they actually rank 22nd 
in the league for opposition points in the paint. They're giving up 50 per game. That's even with Gobert, but the uh, outside of Rudy, no one else has given him much help. And if you're giving up 50 points in the paint as it is, and now you've got Giannis coming into town, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think this one shapes as a big night for, for the MVP. Yeah, we'll see if it continues the trend of uh, Giannis just you know, dominating Rudy Gobert in their matchups that, for whatever reason, you would think Rudy Gobert is one of the guys that is uh, at least has the right frame and athleticism of making things difficult for Giannis, but it has been the opposite. It has. Uh, we should note that there has been periods of games where Giannis has struggled, certainly quiet first halves a couple of times in Utah as well. So we'll see. Uh, nothing's for certain, but the numbers uh, shape up favorably for the Bucks heading into this one as they try win four in a row. Justin, uh, I know now you're doing this courtside live show. We're recording this at around uh, 10 p.m. Central on Thursday night, but uh, you probably just about have to get into Fiserv Forum here in the next <laughs> couple of hours and start getting prepared. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a change where we go on the air two hours prior to, to tip off. So five o'clock uh, today or whenever you're listening to this is when the show will begin. So I usually get in the arena at around 1.30 or 2 and uh, feel like I'm spending my entire day at that building now. Well, make sure you do check it out. Courtside Live, uh, two hours before tip? Two hours before tip and uh, we get a chance to see you on camera with the, uh, the, the next episode of the show. Yes, yes. I put a shirt on. Uh, I didn't quite button it up, but I had a shirt on. So uh, if you want to see my face, you can do that. Two hours before tip, courtside live with Justin. Every home game, make sure you check that out. And then uh, post game, uh, come back with us on Lockdown Bucks. We'll wrap up uh, that game tomorrow after it happens on the weekend. Uh, I don't know. I might be able to wrangle Frank into doing a little weekend post game, but we'll have a four-year Bucks and the Jazz. Milwaukee looking to get six and three. Looking for four wins in a row, which would be a nice little start to the weekend. Uh, For Justin and myself, stay safe. Catch you guys after the game.